defends from dummy half. It's with the halfback, William. Williams goes himself, comes out the other side, gets it to Croker, bounces away from a would-be from De Goyf, puts a kick out wide, looking for Shander Earl, and Earl is in again. Oh, stop it, it's starting to hurt. Rugby league. Rugby league. Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the SC Playbook podcast. I'm your host, Tim Williams. The podcast is brought to you tonight by Brett Oaten Solicitors. Joining me tonight, triumphant return, 2019 runner-up, Walson Carlos. Walson, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, Timmy. Yourself? I'm not too bad. How's the side going? Uh, yeah, pretty average, mate. I've sort of clocked off for the season, but uh, my, <laughs> my my main super coach uh, um, competition that I'm in, which is like a 20-team league competition, I've snuck into ninth place and... Um, they had a person pull out earlier in the season or something, and they had they had an alias in there so that was in the top eight. So I somehow snuck into the top eight. So I'm puncher's chance. Oh, was it? I mean, were the Warriors a few years back the first team in the the NRL to win a game from eight under the old McIntyre system? Eight beat first. Yeah, they beat they beat uh, Melbourne. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't know if I'm much chance because I got I got so many problems in my team at the moment. Looking at the <laughs> coming out, I don't even know if I'll be able to field seventeen. So we'll see how we go. That's right, mate. Also joining us is also making a triumphant return the stat genius, CEO of Quantium, and more importantly, he's a super coach weapon. Is Adam Derusi. Adam, how are you, mate? Good, Timmy. Good, th- good. Thanks, mate, and uh, well done on your. Tenth overall ranking, mate. That is uh, that's awesome. Thanks, mate. I've been leaning on you two and Desi and the Spy for a few weeks now, so I'm going to need it all for the run home. How's your side travelling, mate? I'm a bit like Walson. I'm just hanging in there. I'm uh, I've got injuries galore. I've just had one of those seasons, but I'm I'm in the top four in my head to head, so I'm a chance. But I'm kind of more focused on overall, so I'm still hoping for top one thousand, which is a bit disappointing. But um, I still think we're a chance. Nice, mate. Well, top four, closing in on top thousand. It's not a bad place to be then, um, so not bad at all. Uh, the Mighty Stallions, 1,419 uh, 1, points on the weekend into 10th place overall. Um, so the finish is getting a little bit tighter and tighter or becoming a little bit more realistic now that it's in the money territory. Um, it's one of them years where sort of when your luck's on, your luck's on and, and you don't take any of it for granted. And, and this weekend was we're sitting at the pub in Sydney there and, Josh Mantor crossed on the last play of the game. He was one of my bigger pods for the weekend, and I just sort of shook my head and thought, you know, ride it while you've got it because it doesn't last for too long. Um, guys, tonight's podcast, as I mentioned, is brought to you by Brett Oat and Solicitors. Uh, the podcast is now sponsored by them, a law firm specialising in the entertainment, media, and tech industries. If you need intellectual property, contract, or other business advice, visit brettoaten.com.au. Apart from business, Brett's also happy with just Supercoach, music, TV, and his surfing shortcomings. Um, the support from Brett's been enormous for us, his firm. Uh, there have been a massive boost for the podcast and the website heading into next season, so a massive thanks to him for coming on board. Um, we're going to get stuck into a topic this week that we did last time Adam was on the show. Um, Adam's weekly article, if you haven't checked it out yet, shows the true ownership number of players um, among the top 20,000 teams, and it breaks it down into sort of the top 100, the top 1,000, et cetera, et cetera, um, rather than the Supercoach site that has a lot of inactive teams who might have thrown in their team earlier in the season and might still own a Payne Haas or a David Fafita. Um, it's just a little bit more accurate in that thing. Um, so, Adam, you've put together this week's article. It's not online just yet, but what were the things that caught your eye? 
Made a couple of things. I think one was uh, Brett Morris. Like it's, it's, it's just interesting to me how so many of the leading teams kind of jump on the same pod, all probably thinking the same thing, all thinking, oh, if I get B Moles and they scores well, I'm going I'm to differentiate. Whereas, so I think B Moles went from 1% ownership to 16% ownership in the top 100 teams. So that's, that's a lot of teams jumping on kind of a, a winger in one week, I reckon. Um, that was one. The other one's Josh McGuire, actually. He was the most purchased front row forward last week, which I was wow. I wasn't expecting Josh McGuire to jump out of me. And the other one, Cameron Smith. I mean, I guess, again, people like yourself probably looked and thought, geez, Cameron Smith's uh, just the hooker you want. So, so many people jump on Cameron Smith. Now, 71% of the top 100. And he scored, I think he was only the first, only the second time that he scored under 50 in... Uh, 27 matches, and the, and the other one was the week was the game prior when he when he missed most of the match. So that was a pretty wow. um, pretty disappointing return. Yeah, not wrong. They, um, the the storm in that game it was you do see this from time to time with Melbourne when they get a team that they're carving up on the edges who, who defend a bit better in the middle. Um, it just goes early ball to Munster, early ball to Pappenhausen, and they kill them on the edges. Smithy doesn't have to do anything. He just gives good, clean, early service to them boys, um, and, it, and it does kill his super great scoring when it happens. So maybe that has a, a bit to say about his score on the weekend. Yeah, the goal king didn't help either, did it? He, uh, he kicked pretty ordinary by his yeah, step. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was interesting to say you mentioned him among – probably among the top 100 teams where lots of people jumped on Brett Morris and whatnot. You've been looking at these numbers for a while. Uh, is that a thing you, you've seen in the past pretty commonly? And, and do you think it's like a, a bit of a risk management thing where they're scared to lose their spot so they, they jump on the obvious pick? I think so with Cameron Smith. Like I reckon you know, well, you're in that position where you look and think, I'm a leading team, do I, do I really want to not have Cameron Smith given he's the best hooker? So it's one of those ones where you probably feel the need to – to have that guy, so I understand it there. I think with the Brett Morris, I, I reckon it's teams trying to differentiate. The problem is everyone differentiates, or well, so many teams differentiate on the, on the same play. Like this week, it's going to be Brian to O, or however you say his name. You can you can just see so many teams doing the same thing, saying, "Oh, one percent ownership. I'm going to go him as a point of differentiation," and, and it may not end up as big a point of differentiation as what um, you think. And in three weeks' time, it could well three weeks' time will be done, but. Um, often what happens is three weeks later, everyone's got that player. So, yeah, there's some players that um, it might it might be worth if you want to pod just looking at the people being traded in and trying to find someone who's not in that top ten list. Yeah, I mean, a good example was I had a bit of a look through the article from this week and Josh Mantle was one that, as I said, he was a guy I rode home on the weekend as one of my big pods. I think going into the weekend, he was about 26% ownership. Um, I thought, how good's this? And then I checked your article and he was up to maybe something like 57% ownership already. Um, That's probably going to jump again this week with their run to come and the Brisbane matchup. So all of a sudden, you know, Mantra will be maybe 70 to 80% owned in the top 100 and, you know, he becomes one of the most owned players in the game, doesn't he, effectively? Yeah, and for you, I mean, he's seven of the top 10 teams have got him. So he's not really a a POD for you there. I mean, your your POD is more not having a Zach Lomax because you're the one team out of 10. So you kind of... You can look at it a different way as to what's your PAD. It's more like the Annie, Annie pod. Exactly right. My, my death riding of Lomax is, is, has come good so far. He went under 50 on the weekend, which is very relieving. He's 91% ownership in the top 100. Um, another guy I was looking at, I can't bring myself to do it because I'm such a big Caelan Ponga fan, but Ryan Pappenhausen's 2% owned in the top 100 and in the top 1,000. Um, they, the Storm play the Rabbits, the Cowboys, the Tigers and Dragons on the run home. So Pappy could be a massive play. 
Um, and then the other one is Dave Fafita, who I did bring in last week. He's 12% owned in the top 100, um, but a bit like Mansour, and to- um, I expect him to go skyrocketing again this week. Um, Walsh, did you have a look at that one at all? Uh, which one was it? Sorry, Timmy. Uh, Adam's articles with a few of these percentages. Or uh, yeah, actually, yeah. I'm actually, I'm actually just skipping through it now, mate. Sorry, like, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's an awesome article. I was talking to Adam about it before when we were off air. Um, the stats are unreal, and I just I was just trying to get like an idea of how he how he gets them all. But um, yeah, and no, I'm about I'm about up to the second rowers, so I haven't quite got through it. But it's just the if you're in the top hundred top thousand you know you've got to be reading this these sort of statistics because they're invaluable really yeah serious stuff um guys we've got the subscription price for the sc playbook articles and subscriber special podcast all the additional stuff that you get uh during the week um down to ten dollars for the remainder of the season um so if you do want to jump on board and get a bit extra content there that'll hopefully help you through the head-to-head finals uh and the hunt for the overall title otherwise if you're more of a fan of the podcast and you'd like to support it there's a donation tab in the article holding the podcast there um so check that out if possible but if not not a drama at all Let's get on to round 17, the team list. As I said, week one of head-to-head finals, big, big news all around. The Broncos v Panthers, what looks like a very lopsided match to kick off the round, Thursday, 7.50pm at Suncorp Stadium. At the Broncos, Payne Haas, Isaac Luke and Corey Oates all return. Herbie Farnworth shifts to centre with Jordan Kahu out. Corey Pax drops to the bench with Brodie Croft bumped out of the 17 and Joe Offerhan-Gowie is suspended. At the Panthers, a little bit going on there as well. Philly Army kick out returns from suspension in the back row in place of Isaiah Yo, who is out following the head knock last week. Moses Leota starts a prop. James Fisher Harris in the 13. Tyrone May reverts to the bench. Kurt Capel makes his long awaited return from injury in the place of Billy Burns on the bench. Appy Coruscant is the chance of coming back from a calf strain after being named in the 18 jersey. Uh, so plenty going on there, plenty of super coach interest, especially at the Panthers. Uh, Walsh, who do you like in this one? Oh, I think the. The Panthers will probably put up a cricket score, Timmy, to be honest, but um, it's hard to see it going any other way. The Broncos are just, uh, yeah, bereft of, uh, you know, anything really. I mean, they're basically, they're a 15th-place team, but they're playing like a 16th-place team, so it's hard to get excited about them. You look at their list there, there's a lot of reserve graders in their side, you know, uh, not trying to be disparaging to anyone, but a lot of those blokes you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have expected to be playing A-grade this year, um, let alone at this time of the year. So they're, um, yeah, they're, they're in all sorts of Bronx. But um, Penrith, on the other hand, like they just keep going from strength to strength. And um, I, I'm a big, like I I think I spruked him to you last week, Brian Toto. I think he's he's a great pod. And um, like Adam said, it might be there might be a lot of people jumping on him. But um, what what's really relevant is is he going to have a big? His four weeks going to be big uh, his next four weeks um, to finish the season. I think they will be. Um, and I think he's got a solid base enough that if he doesn't get a try or two tries, you know, he could get two or three tries versus the Bronx, but um, he's going to be solid for you. So um, if Abby Coruscant comes into that game, it, it, the score could be anything. Yeah, that's it. I'm with you. I think it's going to be so one-sided. Um, you know, I think there'll be a lot of people eyeing off Nathan Cleary as a captain, despite being the sad day, the, the first game of the, the round, should I say. But, you know, Josh Mantle, Stephen Crichton, Brian Tyler, all massive options. You know, Liam Martin's a huge pod playing 80 minutes, although there's a bit of a worry with um, Kurt Capel back in the action. But, I mean, I think Liam Martin's done enough to keep his place. Um, Adam, who do you like in this one? 
Oh, my, clearly the uh, Panthers. It's, it's interesting, though, uh, there's still four, like as bad as the Broncos are, and I think they've been dreadful, they've still got four like really relevant supercoach players. Like they've got Payne Haas coming back, and so he's, you know, you'd like to have held on to him at this point if you had him in your side. Patrick Carrigan's one of the best-performing front-row forwards. Uh, David Fafida has been a beast, and even Katoni Stagg. So that despite their rubbish team, they've still got four pretty handy supercoach players there, but... But yeah, I think it's about the um, Panthers attacking players. Clear is obvious. I mean, everyone everyone's got him, and probably everyone will captain him. But uh, I think those outside backs they could be in for a feast. Not just in this game, but in their last four games, they played the bottom three teams in those games, and they're going to run amok. So as much as I was saying about Brighton Toe, a lot of people bring him in. Um, you kind of almost not want to be playing without those wingers, I reckon. Yeah, I think you, you've hit the nail on the head there with. Brisbane all year, despite how bad they've been, have had so many uh, gun supercoach players that have been so relevant, which when teams fall off the radar this bad and in the bottom four, they very rarely have relevant supercoach players, maybe a workhorse forward here or there. It just sums up the year for me that there are a bunch of individually talented rugby league players that go and have long futures ahead of them, but they're just not clicking as a unit. They're not playing as a team. It doesn't look like they want to be out there. Um, And I think that's reflected in their supercoach scoring, to be honest. Um, David Fafita is a guy who will be very popular this week. I got him last week and I'm absolutely stoked about it. Uh, after this week, the Broncos have a pretty nice run home. So Katoni Staggs is another guy who's caught my eye, um, but there's no way I'd be looking at him this week. Game two of the round. Jerome Luai is uh, oh, yeah. doing it again. And like for you, having Jerome Luai in that top 10 teams coming home, he again, needs a dream matchup for him. That's not just well, the outside that's something. I'm glad you brought that up because I needed to ask that to both of you fellas. I'll start with you, Adam. I've got Jerome Luau on my bench, and I haven't played him in a long time. I haven't needed to. It's not really paid off well for me the last couple of weeks. I mean, if it's at the expense of a Cam Murray or a Cam McInnes, Adam, would you be playing him this week? Or, you know, it's, it's very hard. Yeah, well, I'd be playing him in front of Cody Walker if I was you. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, if it was an expensive a Cam, Cam Murray, I, I would, I think, yeah. I, I think Cam Murray's just, I don't know, he's, he's going okay, but he's just not scoring tries. I mean, it's, it's a tough one to ride because you never know with Luai, but I just think the Broncos are so bad. I think him and Cleary are both going to feast. And, yeah, you're talking about clearly the best team in attack at the moment against clearly the worst team in attack. Uh, it's a dream matchup for him. There's no better matchup for Jerome Luai than this week. It's so tempting. Whilst would you be playing Luai, Scrap Murray, other play, other teams might have to um, drop a Cam McInnes. Would you be dropping someone like McInnes to play Luai this week? Yeah, I would because I, I think like when you look at all the antipods, I think McInnes is the most logical one. Um, just having a look at Adam's article, he's in the top 100. Um, Cam McInnes is owned by 94 of the teams, so there's only six teams that don't own him. To me... He's not really going to hurt you. I, I can't see him hurting you. Like, um, so, yeah, it's famous last words. But um, I, I believe he's a player that, you know, you can sacrifice someone for. But, yeah, to leave Luai out of a Thursday game against the Bronx, the way they're going, geez, that's, it's a, it's a ball either way, isn't it? I was hoping there was going to be a couple of um, 
big outs in the team list today, so it would force me to play Luai, but they they haven't actually been too bad for once, which is a bit annoying, so I've got a bit of depth in my squad. Um, and just the last guy that we, we didn't really touch on because, you know, we tend not to because we know how, how good he is, but obviously Payne Hass back in that side who, uh, as far as I'm concerned, is a must-have. I traded him out two weeks ago when he was suspended, but uh, he'll be coming back into my side this week because he's a guy that can hurt you. Uh, Knights versus Sharks, Friday 6pm at McDonald Jones Stadium. At the Knights, there's two changes on the bench with Phoenix Crossland replacing Chris Randall and Brody Jones in for the suspended Pasami Solo. At the Sharks, halfback Chad Townsend returns with Connor Tracy going to the bench and Andrew Feeder to the reserves. Still no Sean Johnson, which is a savage blow for those who held on to him. Uh, Wiles, who do you like in this? I actually like Cronulla, um, funnily enough. I, I, I'm a bit off the Knights at the moment. I mean, that was, I mean, I, I was really happy with the Warriors win and that, but that was an inept performance by Newcastle for a side that's been pushing for the top four. And I sort of had a bit of analysis and dig down deeper on it. They have lost a lot of players in key positions. Like I think they've they've had three hookers with season ending injuries and that's forced them to put Kurt Mann into dummy half and he's probably not been as effective as a dummy half. His super coach scoring's still been quite good. They brought in Mason Lino um, you know, he's played some good games in the past, but it's it's not the side they were. Mitchell Pierce is off his game a bit, which is pretty um, consistent with the way Mitchell Pierce's seasons go. Like he has a run of five or six games, he's going to play Origin, he's going to be the Australian halfback, and he just. Uh, but then he has too many runs where he's down, uh, down on his performance for my for my liking. You know, I think he's a great player, Mitch Pierce, but um, he's not. He doesn't have that consistency across a season, and I'm a I'm a bit gun shy on Newcastle after what they did at the end of last season. So, um, and and listening to Adam O'Brien's um, press conference, it doesn't he doesn't strike me as a bloke that solved all the all the problems there at Newcastle. They might creep into the eight, but I doubt they're going to trouble you know travel too many teams. Cronulla, they're a side that um, although they're down on key position players like SJ's huge, particularly got some huge super coach ramifications. Um, they've got young players stepping up and playing well, like Braden Hamlin Ueli. I noticed that Fafita wasn't named in the seventeen. So John Morris is really backing his youth and um, they've delivered for him. So yeah, I think I think Cronulla will win. I think um, a real smoky. He had a massive game on the weekend He's been dropped um, for the first time in his career and come back. He's Britton Nakora. Keep a close eye on him. He's a type of player that could go on a four-week, four to five-week run and just really dominate Supercoach. So um, if, you, if you're looking, if you say maybe in the top 50 but not in the top 20, that's the type of player that might be able to make a huge difference for your team. Yeah, I love the shout on Nakora. I'd be all for it, but no SJ. I couldn't go near him. Um, I, I, Chad Chad normally plays on the left edge. I assume Trindle will probably play on the right. Um, mate, I know it's a super pod move, um, but, I mean, no SJ there's got to be a worry, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I see that. But on the weekend, I mean, I guess they were playing the Cowboys, so you've got to temper it somewhat. But um, I'm, I'm a fan of Trindle. I, I think he's a good player and he skips out and tries to draw in that outside man and get him interested and that's all that's all Nakora needs. He lost a bit of his zip. He probably needed the freshen up. Um, come back and he was outstanding. He had a stormer on the weekend. So I um 
yeah, I, I'm interested to watch him. And um, like like I said, if you, if you're you, if you're on the edge of the top twenty or you know it's between twentieth and fiftieth, that that's the type of player that you've you've got to take a flyer on. I think. Yeah, like it, uh, Adam. What are your thoughts on this game, mate? A fair bit going on, more so at the night. Um, anyone that piques your interest? Not really, mate. Uh, I think. Well, Mitch Barnett came in for a bit of ownership this week, so he's up to 17% of the top 100. So quite a few teams brought him in. I think his ownership roughly doubled. Uh, I'm not sure I'd want to be holding him. I, yeah, he can post a low score like he did on the weekend, so I'm not sure he's the pot I'd want to go for. I, I, I do get tempted by the idea of Ponga to Pappenhausen. Unfortunately, I've got other issues just to get 17 on the on the field, but I just think as a pod. That uh, could be a, a good move given the draws, but um, yeah, I'm a bit like Wilson. I think it's very hard to actually like the, the Knights' form. You look at their last six; they've lost lost to the Dogs, they've lost to the Warriors, or got hammered by the Warriors. They've only just beaten North Queensland and Manly, so their form's pretty ordinary. Not a lot to like in the game, but um, without SJ there, we lose a lot for me. But really, my big move is anti anti Clemmer, so I, I want him to have a quiet game. Yeah, I'm anti Clemmer as well. Kurt Mann's a guy that I don't think I'll be moving him on, but you know, he's a guy that I'd consider anti-potting. Um, I've owned him all year and uh, a bit like um, uh, whoever it was you mentioned before about oh, Cam McInnes, I think by moving him on, he's not a guy that's going to hurt you as such. He's so solid with his sort of 60 to 70 point scoring each week, but scores above 100 are pretty few and far between, particularly now that he's at hooker. Um, so he's a guy I'm half considering moving on um, just as an anti-pod play. Uh, I have a little theory on Kalen Ponga that's probably more wishful thinking than anything, but um, it's bamboozled me all year, and I think most footy fans, just the lack of ball is getting in uh, attacking territory, attacking the opposition line. Um, you know, for 20, 30-minute periods, they've peppered the opposition line, and he's had you know maybe one or two touches, and every time he does, he looks sublime. I think last week might be the wake-up call for Adam O'Brien for whatever he was trying there, whether it was just to get the rest of the side um, developing themselves or developing KP's right-hand side ball playing. But I think he's just got to say, look, if we had a chance at winning this comp, KP has to be touching a lot of ball in attacking territory. Um, so I expect him to get a heap more ball and I expect his supercoach scores to bounce back from this week. Um, but again, that's a, that's wishful thinking as an owner of him in supercoach. But what do you reckon, Walsh? Yeah, Pong is a tough one, you know, like he, he's he's up and down a bit like the team. Um, some, some of it I don't think, like if you look at his general NRL play, he's, he's generally a good player. It's dependent on whether the team's going forward, where he gets the ball, in what position. Like you said, a lot of it's structural. Like is he getting the ball out the back on the right-hand side? He's nowhere near as effective as when he gets the ball out the back on the left-hand side and, you know, like, Adam O'Brien can he he was at press conferences getting really defensive earlier in the year, but clearly they, you know, they pigeonholed him to that right hand side for whatever reason. Um, some people were saying for bigger games and things like that. But um, if if you if someone said to me going into the game he's going to be sweeping out on the left hand side against any team, um, I would back him to get a decent score pushing out the back. Um, but yeah, I I, th- I think with Newcastle. They they've got the game uh, this week this weekend, which is a reasonably favourable matchup against the Sharks. Then they play the Roosters. Well, you, you you wouldn't particularly want to bar up any any of the Newcastle players against the Roosters. Maybe Ponga, um, if you've got him in your side, you'd play him. But then they play St George and the Titans, which looks like a fairly favourable um, run home. So I, I 
I mean, I'd be shocked if they finished the season like last year where they just capitulated, but I'm wary of it because I could, I, I, in, in the back of my brain, it came down to this game last year for the Supercoach title. I just remember Penrith, Cleary putting four tries on and then putting a massive score on Newcastle and they effectively gave up. Um, now, that's probably not going to happen because they'll fall into the eight anyway unless the Warriors can do something mm. ridiculously good. But this game is interesting because whoever loses out of it, um, if the Warriors can jag a win against the Eels, they're gonna be, there's going to be a bit of pressure on them. Yeah, and that's a good point. The fact that they are playing for something, they're not locked in that eight with the Warriors keeping the pressure on them, um, you know, there's no reason why they shouldn't show up. Last week, hopefully that was a wake-up call, but... I mean, we'll find out. And the following week against the Roosters, we're really going to know where the Knights are at. Rabbitohs storm Friday, 7.55pm at ANZ Stadium. At the Rabbitohs, Alex Johnson returns from a head knock at fullback with Latrell Mitchell gone for the season. Dane Gagai returns from a hamstring strain at centre in place of Stephen Masters, uh, whilst we're very happy about Gagai's return. At the storm, Brenko Lee replaces Marion Seve at centre. Chris Lewis starts in the back row, moving Tino Fasua Malawi to lock. And Nelson Osofa-Solomona is out with a calf strain. Riley Jacks is the new face on the pine. Uh, interesting bench there at the Storm with Nico Hines and Riley Jacks. Um, expect that probably to change come game day, especially Kenny Bromwich is on the, named in the reserves. If they do happen to run out with that, I think Tino is a massive pod for this game. Um, it might only be a one-week play with a few blokes to come back, but worth having a look at if they do run out with two backs on the bench because he'll play big minutes. Um, whilst who do you like here, Supercoach-wise? Uh, Supercoach, I like. Um, it's hard to get excited about players that are playing against the Storm, but um, I think that, you know, Dane Gagai on that left-hand edge is is, is a good bet. Um, yeah, I think Graham will move back to the right-hand side. Um, so I'm pretty sure that, that that's what the coach will do. Um, like you said, Ryan Pappenhausen, you know, if you want to di- differentiate yourself, Adam spoke about it like, He'd be a great pod. If, you, if you're prepared to pull the trigger, it might only be a two-week play, who knows. But um, so, you know, they play this week, they play, uh, they've obviously got the game against the Rabbitohs, which is a fairly favourable matchup. And then next week, the Storm have the Cowboys. So, I mean, geez, that's... that's, that's then the Tigers and Dragons. Tigers and Dragons, yeah. I mean... yeah. The way that he's playing too, like I think that's the way we all expected him to play from the start of the year, but he's only just really got there. You know, like it not the, the storm have just sort of built into it. So and they're starting to get a few weapons back in Munster and that. So yeah, that could be a really good pod if you've gone off Ponga. Um, I've got to say, put this one in the black book for twenty twenty one Supercoach, Isaac Lumi Lumi. Wow, he looked mm. He, he looks so impressive in his first touches. I mean, you know, I don't think he got a try or anything. I think he might have got 50 without a try. But, geez, just the way he moved and how impressive he looked, he's, he's going to be one for the black book, I'd say. Yeah, good-looking footballer. Um, yeah, little Pappy, you know, we know um, he had that very frustrating. He was pretty close to one of the most owned players at the start of the year. Since then, after the slow start, scores of 124, 122, 106 and 126 all relatively recently with that draw to come. Uh, seriously, if Ponga doesn't lift his game this week, you know, that's got to be definitely worth looking out for the run home. Uh, Adam, who do you like in this one? And probably more than anything, a Munster and Cam Smith must-haves for the run home or not necessarily? I reckon Cam Smith is. I just think he's 
I just think he's the dominant. Like, to be honest, I think they probably both are. I think I think Cam Smith is just because he's the best, the best hooker, and with a good draw and goal kicking. And because he's already been out a few weeks, you wouldn't think he's going to get rested like he might otherwise would have. And, and I think Cam Munster is just because all of the other five eights are falling away. So if Sean Johnson's out, uh, there's he's kind of like he's the remaining decent five eight. So I, I think they probably are both. Both must-haves. I mean, I guess you could run with Jerome Luai instead, just given the Panthers' draw, but I don't know. He just seems like a risk. So, yeah, I think they're both must-haves. I actually think in this game, it's um, the problem with this matchup for Souths is that the three key Souths players that I can see would be Damian Cook, Cameron Murray and Cody Walker, and they're all blokes that are relying on attacking stats to score well. I mean, obviously Murray's got a decent base, but to be elite secondary forward, I think you want him to score some attacking stats. And... I just think Melbourne are the last team you want to play if you're relying on those attacking stats. So I'd be a bit negative on all three of those South guys this week, even though they're all great players. It's just not a good matchup for them, super coach wise. Um, and I say that as a Damien Cook owner, uh, he's just not running the ball. So unless he starts running very soon, uh, I, I just can't see him scoring well against Melbourne. Yeah, particularly Cook, Cook and Murray. I mean, like you, you, when you think of Cook and Murray, and you think, oh, what's What's going to lead to big scores for them, Adam and Timmy? Like you think, oh, rolling the ruck. I, I can't see South Sydney rolling the ruck against Melbourne. I don't know if anyone has rolled the ruck against Melbourne. They just seem to control the ruck so well. They're prepared to to spoil to a degree um, where they give away multiple six agains, um, and that like it's like they go into the game. With, the resolve to say we're not going to get rolled through the ruck. So I can't see this South Sydney side with, you know, um, they, they've been going okay, the forwards, but it's it's not the same forward pack it was of the last three or four years. Um, so, yeah, that, that's that's my opinion. I, I just can't see Cook and Murray going for big scores this week. I, I actually think Murray, Murray is a big big opportunity for you to, to sell, uh, Timmy, if you can find someone that, that you really like. Yeah, the only two times I can think of Melbourne actually a dominating, getting dominated through the ruck in recent times. I'm sure there's others, but off the top of my head was one was the was the 2018 Grand Final against the Roosters where they just came out and belted them off the park, um, and the other one was might have been in the same year against the Bunnies and uh, yeah, it would have been Billy Slater was playing and Cook just the forward pack were rolling forward. Um, Cook was tearing apart the dummy off. He scored that unbelievable try where he tore Slater in half. Um, but I'm with you. They're just killers for super great scoring. It doesn't happen. They don't get belted through the middle. Um, so, yeah, I think Cam Murray's a huge risk. The other thing with Murray, he just as soon as there's an injury, he's become their, their Mr. Versatile. He, he goes, switches and plays a left edge, right edge. He went and played centre on the weekend. Um, I know he got a try there, but his base just gets shot. So Murray's becoming a massive, massive issue, as much as I hate to say it as a Cam Murray fanboy. So, yeah, and there's no way I'll be playing Cody Walker in this game because, yeah, just – Melbourne anti super coach for sure. I would have thought Murray to Haas is pretty juicy for you, man. Who's that one? Cam, Cam Murray to Payne Haas would be a pretty juicy trade for you, I would have thought. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's definitely an option. I've got Carrigan, who I was probably looking to move on to Haas, but um, I mean, because I can switch Carrigan down to the second row and have a dual second row front row, which is really clutch for me going forward as well. Because Front row, uh, front row is the only spot I don't. I've got two nuffs there, so I actually do need that. So, um, anyway, we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> um, Adam, your Bulldogs versus the Titans Saturday, three PM at ANZ Stadium. 
At the Dogs, Luke Thompson and Jake Avrilo return on the bench in place of Sione Katara and Dean Britt. At the Titans, Mo Fodawaka returns from suspension on the bench in place of Jai Whitbread, while Dry Arrow has a chance of coming back from a shoulder injury after being included in the reserves. Uh, Adam, firstly, thank you to the Dogs because as a Josh Papali owner, when he got named to come off the bench, I, I really did think that he'd – well, I don't think. I know he was going to play about 35 to 40 minutes if the Raiders got out to an early lead. Um, the Dogs dug in. I think they led at half time. I was actually at the game and then – that meant that Papa played 53 minutes and scored really well for me. So thank you to the dogs for dealing in that one. Um, Adam, anyone in that doggy saw, I mean, Jer- Will Hopper-Wade is probably the only one. He flopped with 24 on the weekend. Is Hopper still an option or is, does that deter you? No, no, just steer clear. I think um, best to think about 2021 for the dog supercoach. There's just no one there that you want to own. Um, I look Hopper. I know the leading team had Hopper last week, and he did well for him. But I just there's so many other options you'd have in front of Hopper. I think in the run home, he's almost he's just too much of a pod. One percent, you just don't need him. You go for Brian Taylor, Stephen Crichton every day of the week. So no, stick there, Hopper. This is just a non a non match for me. I know AJ Brinson's going well, so he's uh, one guy that you could look at. But again, I don't know. I, I wouldn't want to be putting my season on AJ Brinson. I know he's going well the last five weeks, but. I just think this is a non-event, Supercoach-wise, even though I will be there and I will be cheering the dogs on to um, climb over the Broncos, man. Oh, there'll be a few people with you hoping they climb over them as well. Um, whilst just one person had your thoughts on, AJ Brimson, with SJ not playing again, there might be a few people tempted. I know, I think in his four games, he played four games without injury this year and he's averaging 90 points. Any interest there or you're on, are you with me and Adam in sort of just a no-go? I know Desi was really keen on him at the start of the year. Um, and you look at his scores, I mean, he came back with an 18 against the Roosters, then 112, 68, 90, 88. But I think they're largely attack dependent, you know. So a lot of, a lot of his um, scores, so line breaks and try assists and tries and things like that. So no, as most fullbacks would be. But um, oh, look, I couldn't get high on, on the Titans. Um, but... In saying that, they've got a pretty soft draw the next two weeks. But, yeah, I think I think you'd have to be pretty brave to be bringing Brimson in. The only player I really had any interest in in this game is uh, Raymond Baitala-Marino. I think he's he's always a good option. He's a massive pot option. Um, he's a good chance if he goes over for a try, he'll score 85-plus. 80, One of these days he's going to score two tries. It might be this weekend and he's going to bang, you know, he's going to put up 120-plus. So, um, it's a bit of a flyer, but yeah, I'd probably stay away from this game. Yeah, nice, mate. Uh, let's break up the teams for Seth, boys, and zero in on our bold predictions of the week. A quick recap from last round. Desi started us off with Teddy going 130-plus, nailed that. Good from him. Uh, Zach Lomax, sub-70 uh, against the Broncos there. That's a good – was it uh, – no, Titans it might have been last week. That's a really good get as well. Uh, and then Des, he was convinced that Fergal was going to score a try and break his season duck, but that didn't happen, so no good there. I had Teddy 120-plus, which was a win. Nofaluma sub-50, uh, which was a fail, which I'm glad it did because I had him playing in my side. And then I had Crichton and Mansour to go 200-plus together, and that was a fail as well. The Supercoach spy has broken his duck for the year. Uh, it's a long-running duck. He's been absolutely horrid at it. And even this one, it's kind of like there's nothing bold about it. He went – Cleary, Smith, and Teddy to combine for 300 plus. They all had a nice matchup last week. So that was a win for the Spy, but 
Um, pretty poor from him. Sevo to score two tries, fail. Bemos sub-70, fail. So that's more, a bit more we expect with him. Um, Walsh, kick us off. What have you got, mate? Uh, I've got three for you. Um, I'm going to go Brian Toto, 100+. plus. Um, so I'm not sure how bold that is, but I think it is. But, uh, yeah, I think most people will be pretty keen on him. Um, Daly Cherry Evans with the goal kicking, I'm assuming, um, 100+. plus. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah the, the Tigers have basically given up. Uh, Munster versus uh, Munster and Cameron Smith, a hundred and eighty plus combined. So that's right. That's bold against the bunnies. I rate it. Yeah, um, so. nice, mate. Uh, I think. Oh, last week, the other week when you were on, you, you weren't, haven't been back since, but you nailed Cody Nicarima to go, I think, 80 or 90 plus. He turned up, so good from you, mate. So a bit of form coming into this one. Uh, Adam, what have you found? Mate, I'm going to continue my pathetic death riding of David Nofaluma and say he's going to score because he just, he just cannot keep scoring tries, but um, I keep saying that and he keeps, keeps doing it, so... One week he's got to deliver for me. So I was going to say he's going to get under 50. I'll say Cam Murray will get under 60. Just don't see him scoring well. No, too. I'll, I'll give Cleary 100 and 120 plus. I don't know how brave that is, but it's a big score. No, that's pretty brave, mate. I had very similar. I had Cleary to go 130 plus. Um, we'll get to Parramatta soon. But I've got Fergo to score his first try of the season, very much in the mould of what Desi did last week and go 75 plus. Um, that's pretty much all based on Dylan Brown being out. Fergo's got to get over there eventually. Uh, and then I'll go BMOS going sub 45 um, as a Raider and a non BMOS owner. Again, maybe wishful thinking, but uh, I think that's going to be a corker of a game um, on Saturday night between the Raiders and Roosters playing for a top four spot. So I'm hoping they keep BMOS pretty low in that one. Uh, as mentioned earlier, really pleased to welcome Brett Oat and Solicitors as our sponsor for the podcast. Brett provides intellectual property and business advice to the entertainment, media, and startup industries. For more than 20 years, Australia's leading entrepreneurs and creatives have relied on Brett and his team to help their businesses grow. Uh, if you're keen to discuss Brett's services with him, contact him through brettoten.com.au. You can see a list of his clients there from tech startups and advertising agencies to Amy Shark, King Gizzard, and the Kid Laroy. And there's a special discount for SC Playbook listeners, which is seriously cool. So go and check that out. Brett's a trusted legal advisor, lifelong league fan, and keen but limited supercoach fan. Let's get back to the rest of the games in the week, starting off with the Raiders and the Roosters, the game of the round, one of the games of the year in my opinion, Saturday 7.35pm at GIO Stadium. Uh, I've skipped a game, but we're going to come back to it. Uh, that is at the Raiders, Josh Papali and Sleva Havili returned to the run-on side with Dinamis Louie and Tom Starling back on the bench. Corey Harawira Naira returns in place of Matt Tomoko. At the Roosters, fair dinkum, get a list of these ins. Luke Keary back from a rib injury in place of Drew Hutchinson. Sonny Bill Williams to play his first game in the NRL since 2013 on the bench. Boyd Cordner starts after getting through his injury comeback last week with Matt Butcher dropping to the interchange. Uh, Payoso Farmacilli drops to the reserves. Angus Crichton and Mitch Orbison are a chance to return after being listed in the reserves. That is, There's some serious ins in that side. Um, from a supercoach, well, footy and supercoach, Walls, uh, who do you like in this one? Oh, I like the Roosters. I mean, just look at their list and the blokes that they they haven't made the seventeen. It's just insane. Um, yeah, they got Crichton, Orbison, uh, yeah, to a lesser extent, Famasilli. But I mean, Crichton and Orbison can't make the seventeen. Like, and if they do come in, like 
you got to have a look at who, who are they actually going to drop drop there for them to drop out. I mean, maybe Collins and Matt Butcher, but that leaves them a middle short. So uh, they, they're just shaping up really well. Um, the main reason is I, I do like I do like the Raiders. I think they're playing pretty good footy. I mean, they they didn't really turn up in the first half, but for they showed what a classy side they are in the way they turned that game so quickly um and jack whiten's form certainly um is promising but i'm not sold on either of their edge defenses i mean i think they can get found out there i think particularly curtis scott or whoever plays in that center position because i know he's under an injury cloud i think the roosters will pepper them and they'll be relentless yeah um no disagreement here mate you're right they're, they're really good through the middle the raiders um, their packs, you know, I mean, it's not back to full strength. They're, they're short a couple of middles, but their back row is really good. Joey Tapney's in some serious form. Um, you know, they, they beat them earlier in the year when the Raiders had a stack of injuries. The Roosters had a few just before their big injury run came. Um, so getting to each other, at, you know, getting towards near full strength, both sides are still a little bit shoddy, but it's just going to be a cracker of a game. Um, Adam, who do you like in this one? Um, and... Give me your thoughts on John Bateman and if you think he's a must-have for the run home. But in terms of the game, I don't know. I, I can see why uh, Watson want to be on the Roosters. I mean, the Roosters look pretty awesome, but it is the first game back for some of those blacks. So I think it's going to be a pretty tight match, actually. And the Raiders have been competitive against the Roosters for a while now, so I don't reckon it's anyone's game. Uh, John Bateman, look, he's owned as though he's a must-have, but I actually reckon he's just becoming a good Andy Pod, like if I didn't have him, I wouldn't be devastated. I do have him, but eighty-four percent of the top hundred and eighty percent of the top thousand, I'm not sure he's he's that crucial. So I don't I don't see him as a must-have, but even though like I say most teams do. I'm looking forward to the the battle of the front rowers, mate. I've got both Takiaho and Papali in my side, and <laughs> I'm a bit like you the other night with the with the Bulldogs game. Like it's twice in a row you've seen Papali put on the bench just to give him less game time. So I'm I'm hoping this week he's going to have big minutes and same with Takiyahu who got a rest last week. So I really want those two big boppers to play as many minutes as possible and, and have blinders because I just think they're the best props in the game. It's going, to be, it's going to be a great game. I can't wait. It is, yeah. Um, look, I'm very, very confident Joshy Papali plays minimum 60 this week. I think I can see him playing 70. Ricky Stewart's been looking at, look at him at this game for a long time now, knowing how big it was going to be for that top four battle. Um, he'll play big game time. And Takiyaho's the same. Trent Robbo's been eyeing this one off. Um, we saw him play, I think, 28 minutes or something last week, given a very, very early shower. So if I own Takiyaho, do not trade him this week. He'll play big minutes. Um, just going to be an absolute peach of a game. I cannot wait for it. As far as um, buying plays from these teams goes, I think it'll be a low-scoring Supercoach contest. They're both coming to pretty decent runs from next week. So, you know, when you look at your Tupus, your, your Brett Morris's, your Kiris, your Flannos, your Jack Whitens, if you're interested in any of them, uh, just give it a week, sit on it and, and reassess later on. Uh, going to the game we missed out on, Manly and the Tigers, Saturday 5.30 at Lotto Land. At Manly, Ruben Garrick and Joel Thompson, Thompson are out with Abbas Miski called up on the wing. Jack Zuski starts in the back row and Corey Rudell joins the bench. Big news there with Garrick out because we, we believe DCE is going to kick, which is massive because I think Manly have probably the best run home for head-to-head finals of any team despite their not great form. At the Tigers, Adam Dewey moves from fullback to centre, Moses Embai to fullback, Tommy Talley has been dropped for AJ Capayo. Apologies for pronunciation there. Josh Alawai returns at prop, Matt Eisenhuth goes to the bench and Sean Bloor drops out. Wells, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think um, 
uh, from a pure NRL point of view, there's not a lot of interest in it, but from Supercoach, <laughs> there's a lot of interest in it, um, particularly uh, DCE. I think he's a great pod. You know, for those players that uh, have had Dylan Brown all season, he's done well for you, but it might be just a case of go straight to DCE and um, it gives you a lot of interest in the remaining the Manly games, that's for sure. Uh, I think AFB is definitely a huge pod in the front row position uh, with players going to be rested and stuff like that. He's a player that won't be rested. I mean, there's always a chance he could get suspended again and that, but hopefully he's pulled his head in. And and what I really liked about the try that he scored is often he pushes up uh, with a two-man forward where they push up, he pushes up outside of forward and he has his hands down like he doesn't actually expect the ball. But if he starts expecting the ball and 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 hitting that line, he's almost unstoppable close to the line. So, um, you know, hopefully he's seen that and, and he starts to, you know, push up and be an actual live option um, on those plays because uh, Marty Tapao gave him a good short ball there for the try. Um Nofo is probably the big one. Hey, do, do I don't know? I'd be, be interested to see what you boys think. Like, do you anti pod um, Nofo or do you just ride him out for the season? I mean, I've, I've been his biggest advocate. I had him at the start of the year. One of the few things I got right this year, but um, I, I, I sort of believe that his scores would go down in this back run, but continue to be decent. I don't know if they've been as good as they were, but they've continued to be decent and he's sort of the shining light for the Tigers. What do you boys reckon? Yeah, if I owned him, I wouldn't sell him. I just think he's been unbelievable. And, and it's only a couple of weeks ago he got 134 against the Dogs, so he's, he's I think he's the highest scoring, highest averaging, five-round average uh, centre at the moment. Yeah, he is, so... I wouldn't be selling him if I owned him, but because I don't own him, I'm, I'm not going to bring him in with that ownership rate. But he's just he's just had an unbelievable season. I, I, I just can't get enthused about this game. Like you've got a team that's lost five in a row in Manly, and they're dollar fifty favourites. That tells you how good the Tigers are going. So it's a bit of a nothing game for me. Uh, I think I can understand where you're coming from on Cherry Evans. I think it's a, a luxury trade, but that yeah, with the goal kicking, it does make a, a big difference, and he would be a massive pod. Other than that, there's only two players with more than 10% ownership, which is Nofa, who we've talked about, and Jake Trebovich. So, uh, yeah, uh, we'll say one thing on Jake Trebovich. We, we've seen Marty Tapao and Fanil Blake, who have missed uh, p- different periods in the last sort of month or two, which Trebovich has stepped up. We've seen his supercoach scoring um, go through the roof. When I say through the roof, back to what we expected from previous years. Um, as soon as them two came back, both together last week in proper game time, I think Fanua Blake was up to early 50 minutes again. Um, Chaboyevich's score it just went down the down the guzzler. It did the same last week uh, and it was all off the back of his running game. He had way less runs because when Tapao and Fanua Blake are fit and firing, they play big minutes, they command so much ball and um, Chaboyevich takes a back seat. So looking forward to the future... Um, whenever Tapao and Fanua Blake no matter, are in the side, no matter what Trebojevic is throwing up, uh, I'll be very, very hesitant to buy him because I, just, I don't think he's super coach relevant when them two are playing in the side. Um, yeah, I think, Timmy, I think the biggest thing, Timmy, is like teams are going to have to find a player to replace um, Isaiah Yo, or do they just hold him? Like, I mean, that's that's an interesting, interesting one for the run home as well because Isaiah Yo is one of the highest owned players you know, right up the top in the top 100 and top 1,000, but across the board. So, um, I don't know, Adam, are you keeping Isaiah? 
Mate, he's actually, would you believe, the, the most owned player in the top 20,000 teams. So that's a stat I don't think we expected wow. at the start of the year. And he's and he's been delivering. Mate, I, I actually don't think I have a choice because of, of uh, I've only got 15 players at the moment, so I need to make <laughs> to, to get him um, someone out there. So I, I, I actually might keep him and just run with three centres and play play a guy on the bench, just pick up an extra um, second row or something. So I'll see how I go because assuming he's back next week, I, I probably might keep him. But, yeah, because you, you, you probably would want him for those last two games or three games given their matchups. Mm. Yeah, it's very interesting. Well, as I said, I, I was considering antipodding Kurt Mann, but maybe just hold on to Mann and then I, I might even uh, – which I'm pretty happy to do. The Knights have a decent run. I know they've got the Roosters next week, but outside of that they have a good run. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I'd probably nearly be more tempted to – uh, Antipod Yo, who you know it was a it was a nasty enough head knock last weekend. He's played all year. He's hardly missed a minute. Does he get a rest again next week just to be safe? You know, there's a few tough decisions to make. Uh, Sunday, four oh five p.m. Warriors v Eels at the Warriors. The Eels lone players George Jennings and Daniel Alvaro can't play against them. Eliasa Katoa is also out injured. Jared Beal comes in on the wing. Jack Murchie starts in the back row with Josh Curran and Isaiah Papali'i on the bench. Uh, the poor old Warriors, I was going through their team list before, they couldn't even field a 21-man squad. Um, that's how grim it is for them at the moment. And, and it's, it's such a credit to them what they've done this year. And the fact that they're still in the hunt for the top eight is just phenomenal. There'd be no better story in the NRL this year than if the Warriors could scrape into the eight and play a bit of finals footy. Um, I really hope they do. Over at the Eels, Jai Field comes in at 5'8". Uh, for Dylan Brown, who's out for a while. Murata Niakora returns from suspension in the place of Andrew Davey on the bench. Um, whilst you must be absolutely stoked with your Warriors, um, in particular from a Supergrates perspective, Torhu Harris's minutes have gone down to about 60 the last couple of weeks. Um, Jazz Tavanga is scoring at a points per minute of 1.45 this year, which is just beyond elite. Yeah, it's outrageous, isn't it? He's always been a, a great super coach player, but he's really hungry too, and he's he sort of gets out there and you know really rips in and gets angry and and that type of thing and, and plays angry, which is you know it's good to see. You, you know sometimes in these in the NRL it gets a bit emotionless too. So I just love watching him play, and he's he's going to continue to get big minutes into the back half of the year just because, like you said, they haven't got that many players. Adam Blair, he's basically collecting his retirement package. I mean, he gets out there in 25, 25 to 30 minutes. And he's, he's playing okay in, 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 in that respect. But, I mean, he's not – you know, he, he doesn't go out there and set the world on fire. He's never been a, a great attacking player. But, yeah, I, I, they're, they're doing really well, the Warriors. But, I mean, if you looked at this game, you know, objectively, the Eels, if they're going to be a serious premiership threat, they should hit back and should hit back pretty hard. Um, Dylan Brown's a big one. Like, how much do they lose from not having Dylan Brown? Um, and also, their right side attack is they've, they've, you know, the fact that Ferguson's not scored a try all year. I mean, it, there's some, there's got to be something wrong there. Like, really, realistically, like, yeah. um, I, I know that you know Madison has created some tries and he scored some tries on that right edge, and Wanga Blake has too. And you know, he's he's doesn't like passing it that much, but for Ferguson not to score a try in a team that's in the top four, um, I think there's a few mental demons starting to come in for the Eels a bit. 
Yeah, it's, it's incredible what's happening on that right edge with, with Fergo. Like the odds you would have got at the start of the season for him not to have a try after 16 rounds would have been unbelievable. Um, and, and you nailed it a little bit. I mean, Wanga Blake's been okay in phases as he has throughout his entire career, but there's there's a pair of glue hands on him. Mitchie Moses plays short to Ryan Madison so, so often, and for good reason, because he's so destructive. But I think that's all come back to bite Fergo in terms of getting quality ball. Um, but probably more than anything is just the emergence of how good Dylan Brown's been this year. Um, happens to be on the same edge as Mike Acevo, which is such a target for the Eels. Um, I'm so intrigued to see uh, the dynamic of their attack and how much it changes this week, because... From a Supergate's perspective, Mitch Moses comes into contention. Ryan Madison comes into massive captaincy contention because he could have 20 runs a week from now on. Um, it's just, I think it's massive for that right edge and them two key guys in particular. Um, Adam, what are your thoughts on this game, mate? Anyone that, that piques your interest? Yeah, a little bit, mate. I actually think the Warriors are really good value. Like, if I was actually having a bet on the game, I'd, I reckon the Warriors at $3.10, whatever they are, is great value. Like, they've, they've won four of their last six, and their two losses were a uh, Six-point loss to the Panthers and eight-point loss to the Roosters. Well, that's pretty good form. And yeah. Paramount are in a bit of a rut. So um, super coach wise the main bit of interest here was Ryan Madison last week. Pretty much anyone who didn't already own Maddo bought him last week. So he's back up to 98% ownership in the top 100 teams. Wow. And 95% ownership in the top 5,000. So so from going from thinking that you know a third of teams were missing him, basically every one of those brought him in last week. So, so that that creates a bit of disinterest with Madison because everyone's got him unless you captain him. Um, Tohu Harris, there's a lot of teams own him, and he's he's been really consistent. But last week was pretty poor, but he's up to you know around forty percent ownership. So, um, but Jastavonga, he's he's just been incredible. He's now the highest averaging uh, second row forward over the last five weeks, which is quite an amazing stat, really. So you know, I imagine there's a fair bit of interest around him. Other than that, they're probably the three main super coach players I'd be looking at. I know a lot of teams own Mike Acevo. Um, I don't know how you ride that roller coaster, but I feel for those teams. But, yeah, they're, they're the main guys I'm thinking on. Yeah, I yeah. Think, Tim, Timmy, remember we had the discussion. I mean, I'm not sure if it was on air or off air, but with the spy and Desi about would you go McInnes or would you go Tabunga? And, and um, to me, to finish off the last – five weeks or four weeks that we've got left now, you want to have Tabunga over McKinnon. So I think he's going to outscore him. That's just my opinion because of the fact that the Warriors are down on troops. He's playing a really good brand of footy. He looks for the offloads a bit more than McKinnis does. Um, yeah, he's a chance of sneaking through tries and he's, he's in and around the ball all the time. So, yeah, I, I think if any of those top teams can get into Tabunga, the they're going to be on the right track. Yeah. I agree. When they played the dogs, I watched him when he came on. He had a five-minute break and he came back on and he literally just pushed his way in there to be first receiver and just ripped in, looked for an offload, and then two tackles later he had another hit up. Like he's, the bloke's just a machine. Yeah, and the, thing, and the thing is, Adam, he, the, he does tackles. Now, if you looked at – if you rated his tackle effectiveness, you might go, oh, you know, well, he's third man in and he done this and, it's you know, he's not that effective. But – the amount of tackles he actually gets involved with, like he, he he generally when he's on the field, and this is why he's got such a high PPM, is he generally gets involved with three out of the five tackles in the set. So, you know, when, when we look at it purely from a statistical um, super coach point of view, you know, he, he's pretty <laughs> Yeah. Um, I mean, he's a guy that I 
I was unsure about and have been for a while now. But for the first time on the week, and then that was purely because of his minutes. He was around that 45 to 50-minute mark. Um, the last two weeks, he's played close to the 60-minute mark. And it was the first time I've gone, gee whiz, this is hard not only him. He looks so good out there. Um, so it's a bit of food for thought there for me personally, with particularly having Cam Murray there who's battling and playing the Storm this week. Um, you know, if I can swing it, uh, might be a very much an option there to do that. Uh, moving on to the last game of the round, which we'll get through very quickly. Cowboys v Dragons, Sunday, 6.30pm at QCB Stadium in Townsville. Uh, oh, at the Cowboys, Jake Clifford replaces Michael Morgan. Hamiso Tabuai-Fado is back from a hamstring strain on the wing. Val Holmes returns at fullback. Scott Drinkwater to 5'8". Arce to the interchange and Jake Granville makes way. Essan Masters is back at centre in place of Connelly Lumilu. Gavin Cooper returns in the back row with Cohen Hess out suspended. At the Dragons, Tyrell Fuimoyono returns from suspension in place of Trent Merrin on the bench. Uh, just a very quick one here, lads. Whilst after this week, the Dragons face the Raiders, the Knights and the Storm, um, I'm not an owner, but if I did own Zach Lomax at those massive, massive ownership levels, he'd be a guy I'd be looking to antipod from next week. Not a, for, not thing, a thing you'd have to do, but it's certainly got to be an option with that run home. Yeah, it's something to consider. I mean, you, you're in a good position because... Well, I guess we'll find out this weekend what type of position you're in because, I mean, the Cowboys is a pretty juicy matchup. Um, but I actually expect, like, when Adam spoke about it before, I actually expect the Cowboys to win this. I think they're a good price. And I, I think that, um, you know, now that side's starting to look pretty good. Yes, they don't have Tamalolo, but Josh has been really good. And Drinkwater to 5'8", out the back to Holmes, and then you've got the speed machine um, Hamaso Tabui Fado on the on that left hand edge. I, I think that mm. they're going to be really really lethal. So it's going to test out. It's going to test out uh, Lomax and I think it's Jordan Pereira on that right wing's um, defence for sure. Yeah, um, mate. I've I've just been death riding Lomax for so long now. The last two weeks have been such a grueling watch. There's one more week that he has to get through, not going big. I think he can go 100 plus. I really do, but I'm hoping he goes lowish again this week, and then the, the pain will be eased a little bit from there. Um, lads, let's have a chat about our round round 17 trade moves. I'll start with you, Adam. Um, what trades are you eyeing off? Mate, I'm still undecided. I have to do something at five eight because I've got Dylan Brown and Sean Johnson sitting there. So it's just been a disaster for me. So I'll have to do something there and. And in the centres, I've got three centres at the moment, which includes uh, – actually, I've got four now that the Hammers selected. So, uh, oh, fear no I wish, more. I wish he wasn't selected because I, I was quite happy just to have 17 players and have three three centres and an extra second row like Jazz or someone. So I'll probably bring in Munster for for either Dylan Brown or Sean Johnson, depending on what I need dollars-wise. And then – Probably jazz if I can. I'll, I'll just have to have a look and um, and see. To be honest, I haven't had a, spent enough time to look at it. But um, yeah, I just I was just hoping the hammer wouldn't get picked, and he yeah. did. Yeah, look, if, um, all this talk of jazz has got me really enticed. But mate, if you can swing someone to jazz at this time of year, or like a gun to jazz that's not injured, um, it's the definition of a luxury trade. I think. Whilst, what have you got? Yeah, I'm looking at uh, – I've got Dylan Brown as well, so um, he's done well for me. I, I, I'm tossing up whether I get in um, Smith or Munster, um, I, I, and I'm not sure which which one I'll go with. Probably Munster. I feel like he's going to he's gonna explode this back half of the year, but, again, they do play 
the Raiders, so it's not the greatest matchup. Um, it's probably a better matchup for Smith. Um, I'll probably trade out Dylan Brown and Yo and try to bring in um, the best of what I can. But uh, yeah, I'm looking pretty skinny at the moment. I, I wouldn't. I would like to get Brian Toto, but just the way that my team's made up, I've got Yo stuck on the bench in the second row forwards, and I can't. Oh. I've got no one who I can swing up. Um, as a, I've already swung up my two dual position players, so. Um, yeah, I'll have a good look at it and um, I might try and bring in, you know, two of those three out of Munster, Smith and Toto. Um, and if that fails, then <laughs> I'll, I'll, just, I'll just pull something out. Mate, t- t- tough times. Um, I'm a little bit the same. I've got a few things to work out. Um, I'm, I'm considering Papali or Carrigan to Haas. I don't want to do Papali and I probably won't because I think he'll play big minutes against the Roosters. My worry is that... If the Raiders lose this and look semi-locked into fifth or sixth place, um, I can definitely see him getting a rest later in the year. And as I said, I don't have a lot of depth in the front row, um, but I'll probably hold him. And now you boys have alerted me to it. Maybe even Cam Murray and swing um, Carrigan down. Um, so that's an option. And then probably Mitchie Orbison to Brian Toto, which would be a nice little trade there. Uh, my captains, I'd, I'm look thinking Nathan Cleary is very hard to go past. Um, and Madison is another guy I'm considering who I think is going to have a big, big finish to the year. Um, your captains, Adam? I think I'm going to VC Cleary just because I, as I've been thinking about the trades we've been sitting here, I'm actually going to, I'm going to turn Hammer into Toe actually. So I'm going to VC Cleary because I've got, then I'll have exactly 17 players, so I've just got a free hit at the captaincy. I'm not even expecting to need to then select a captain because I think he'll, he'll punch out a massive score, but on the off chance he goes low, uh, I'll then think about it after that. I haven't haven't really thought, but I, you know, I'll probably VC him and hope he goes low. Maybe end up, who knows? Maybe even Captain Teddy. This is a massive pod. Yeah, mate. The people um, in a position to VC loophole and get a pretty free crack at it this week, they're actually going to have the VC on Cleary, hoping that he scores low, so that everyone's stuffed and all them people get a chance to use their actual captain and who can go big. So it's a funny week for it. Um, whilst what are you doing? Yeah, it's hard to see him going low, but I mean, stranger things have happened. I mean, there's always injury, and and um, I suppose he could get taken off the field as well, um, depending on who they've got on the bench there. Um, if, if Tyrone May's the number fourteen, you know, maybe it's a chance to take him off early and see how the side goes without him if they if they rack up a big score. But uh, I, that, I think that's why if I had Luau. And Cleary, um, I've only got Cleary, but if I had both of them, I'd sort of handcuff them. It's 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 a common tactic in, you know, um, fantasy sports in America is you know you put two players together and um, you know you're going to get a, a good aggregate like overall score um, with both of them, I, and I think you will. The points will come from one or the other. Um, so, uh, sorry, mate, I forgot your original question. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice little tangent there, mate. Yeah, who, yeah. Who, who's your captain? Oh, my captain. Oh, yeah, I'm going to either um, VC. I'm in the same position as Adam, so I'll either VC Cleary or possibly Toto, um, just just as a bit of a flyer. And, um, yeah, I, hopefully I won't have to use the, the C, but um, I'll use it on, on some Nuff. But uh, if I do, um, I, I don't mind Teddy, actually. I, I, think, I think they could. They could put a score on Canberra. Yeah, mate, I, I'm against you to be honest. Not just because I'm a Raiders fan, but I, I, the Raiders are playing for so much. Um, you know, I, I was 
fearful when Josh Hodgson went down that you know they couldn't really compete with the best sides and it might be the end of their season. Look, it might prove that come finals time, but I think they've won seven out of eight without Hodgson, um, and that's also without Corey Horsburgh, Cia Soliola, um, a bunch of others have gone down in the process as well. So you know whether or not they've got the strike power to win the comp, I'm not convinced the Raiders, but I think they're going to put up a big fight this week, and I think they can beat the Roosters. Um, it's going to be a corker of a game. Lads, we'll jump into a couple of quick questions. We're running out of time tonight. A few things on later on. Uh, we'll jump into a few and then we'll wrap it up. Starting with one from Matthew Broom. He asks, he has Moses or Flano and he's thinking about going either of them to DCE now that he's probably goal kicking. He already has Cleary and Munster. Um, Adam, would you be looking at going Moses or Flano to DCE or is it a little sideways? Oh, it's a bit of, probably a bit of a luxury trade. I, I don't love Moses or Flano, particularly Moses. Uh, so I, I, you know, if you've got that luxury, then I'd probably go Moses to DCE, yeah. Wiles? I'd probably go Flano because I think with Kiri back, it's going to take a bit of the scoring off him. So he might get some um, big kick points. But, yeah, I think Moses without Dylan Brown there will have to step up and his scores will probably come up a bit. But I really like the play to go to DCE. Yeah, agreed. If it's, it's a massive, massive luxury trade, that one. But of the two, I'd probably move on Flano as well, um, as well said. Kiri back, so he'll take a fair bit out of him. And I think Moses can score well on the run home. Adrian Gomez, a mighty Raiders fan, he's, he asks, who would, you have, who would you have in your 17, he has no choice, out of Rapana or a benched Nat Butcher, assuming that Yo and SJ are out, which we now know they are. Um, Adam, Rapana against the Roosters or a benched Nat Butcher against the Raiders? Gee, tough one. I mean, I'd, I'd probably play Rapana just because he's at least on the field for 80 minutes and you just don't know what minutes Butcher's going to get in this game with, with the – especially with, like, Angus Crichton lurking and all that sort of stuff. Mm. I'd probably pick Rapana, but I'd, they both sound like pretty unfortunate options to be tossing up between. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. Jordy Rapana, he was a bit sluggish coming back from his little Japan venture – um, I don't think the fitness was quite there. He wasn't running as well early in the year, taking as many runs, busting as many tackles. His fitness is getting back, and he's starting to look quite good. So, you know, the Roosters are a different kettle of fish, but I think at least you know he's playing 80 minutes. His workload will be pretty good. So if he can jag a try, he'll jag 50 or 60 points. So um, it'll be Rapana for me for sure. Um, while Supercoach NRL 2020 asks uh, – we've touched on that one, but he asks is Flanagan a good replacement for SJ? So – I suppose, let, let, let's say if you already owned Munster and you owned Cleary, um, you needed another reserve and you had SJ there, who's the half you'd be going to this week? DCE. DCE, there you go. Or, or Gerard Luai for me, like just with his run home. And, yeah, I, I, I think Kyle Flanagan, like, I, I brought him in, did sum up my season, I brought him in uh, I don't know, six weeks ago and then he got dropped a week later. So he's not even a certainty to be in that side, you know. Oh, yeah, and Luau's a fair call. I, I just, I, it's one of those things. Like, I, I, I don't like to buy high, and and I never went with him at the start of the year, and he's just, you know, he's had such a good season. I couldn't buy him now at his price, but I, I, I agree, he's got a great end to the season. Yeah, um, couple of quick answers for you, boys. Um, lot of lots and lots of questions around the halves. Chase Palmer asks, SJ to Brimson and Paulo to Haas. Are they good trades, Wells? Um, oh, Paul Oda Haas is an excellent trade. Um, yeah. Jada Brimson, 
Yeah, why not have a flyer? You know, uh, Brimson's been good the last three weeks. Just just be wary that you know he at any time he could toss up a, a sub thirty point score. Yeah, Paulo. Oh, I was so close to going Paulo a few weeks back. His minutes have just hit the skids. I, I think that's probably just a, in preparation for finals time. Um, where Brad apparently he's had um, back spasms, Timmy. Yeah, that's what I heard. Ah, uh, okay. Because, yeah, he definitely had them about yeah, three or four weeks ago and then it looked like he'd sort of got through and there hadn't been anything mentioned of it, but um, that would make a lot of sense why he's back to the early 40 minutes. So Paulo has to go. Um, Adam Adam Thompson asks, yo to Toto or yo to Brett Morris? Oh, Toto for me. I think he's just got that beautiful draw coming up. He breaks tackles like they're going out of fashion. I think Bimoz, I mean, I love him as a player. I, can he keep, can he seriously keep up this try scoring? Like, was it 15 tries in 12 matches or whatever, whatever he scored? Uh, I, I'd be going to, uh, especially because it's pod value as well, you know. Yeah, Ty last week had some stupid amount of runs. I think uh, I was having, having a bit of a look at him today. In seven full games this year, he's had 49 tackle busts. So averaging seven tackle busts a game, running 20-odd times a game on Nathan Cleary's edge with that run home. He just looks so hard to bypass there. Um, and just to wrap it up, lads, from Justin Doherty, he asked the best replacement for Luttrell. He falls just short of Bemoz, so he's torn between Kurt Mann, Daniel Tupu, and Katoni Staggs. Which way would you go, Wells? Well, I'd just uh, – I'm I'd be going Brian Toto if, if you don't have him, but um, mm. I don't particularly like – any of those options, maybe? Is, did he say Daniel Tupa? I think that's probably yeah. a decent. Yeah, that's probably a decent pot out of all of them. I think Katoni Staggs is playing outstanding, but it's just hard to to pick a player that's that's playing in that Broncos side. It is. Yeah, I reckon he sounds guilty of just looking at the at the average price and just seeing who's the most expensive um, wingers available. There are centers available. Like I, I would have put. I mean, I don't know the balance of his side, but I would put any of say Stephen Crichton and. And Brian to in front of those guys, given their draws. Yeah, hundred percent. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. The only thing on the moment, say he does have Toto. The only thing that interests me with Stags a little bit is that uh, I wouldn't be getting him this week, no way. But um, last three rounds, Titans, Eels, who were belted last week, they'll bounce back. But and then the Cowboys. So we've seen what Stags does to gun sides. Um, what can you do against a depleted um, lower end of the table side? So I actually don't mind Stags out of those options. But, yeah, look, if Toto's available, go Toto for sure. Uh, anyway, that's enough for tonight, lads. Walsh, thank you, mate. Hey, thanks, Timmy. Thanks, Adam. Cheers, Adam. Cheers, boys. Thanks and enjoy the chat.